Vision has just the right mix of music, inspiration and fun to kickstart your day. Rise and shine with Fel and DJ. Weekdays at breakfast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. So today on the line, we're chatting with Peter James. He's the CEO of SU Queensland and connected to the Save Our Chaplains campaign. How you doing, mate? Yeah, we're doing really well, thanks. It's good to hear from you. Now, uh, I think we've had you on the radio before and some of our listeners might have heard of you before. But for those who don't know, tell us a bit about uh, your background and how did you get involved with SU? Well, my, my background with SU started, I think, when I was 12 or 13 and went on camps with them and then um, became a bit of a SU camp junkie uh, going on any camps I could through <laughs> high school, camp leader and went on beach missions and uh, had a couple of stints on the uh, board of directors and uh, somehow found myself a CEO, which, uh, which I'm loving. Well, there you go. And, and who did you take over from as CEO? So my predecessor in Queensland was Tim Mander, Mm -hmm. and um, Tim's now Deputy Leader of the LNP in Queensland. Uh, But my role also, I have some national dimension to it, and also our organisation runs uh, School Chaplaincy ACT. So it's the organisation in Canberra that employs the chaplains and and trains them and supports them and puts them into the government schools down there. So I should just mention, now that Tim Mander's in politics, uh, I hope uh, that the writing's on the wall for you. Is that, you know, are you, you going to make any announcements today as well? Or? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I'm, I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing and I love supporting the chaplains in the schools. That's good. He was, he was a good NRL referee as well, so uh, I can imagine that uh, he certainly had lots of training for politics as well. Uh, now let's uh, move on to the, the hot topic of today, Peter. Uh, you know, I was, I was shocked to get this email recently about the ACT government cutting chaplaincy at the end of this year. Tell us a bit about the, the, what's, what's the latest there, mate? Yeah, so this is a, a thing that's been brewing all year. We were first told about this um, back in February this year and we've been working hard um, by approaching the government directly and trying to uh, reason and make the case for uh, what chaplains do in schools but also to look at their reasoning behind uh, removing the chaplains which is a purely ideological one. They say that government schools uh, are a secular space and their interpretation of what that means is that there shouldn't be any uh, role that is religious in any way in a government school. Now, we've, we approached the government directly in Canberra and we made the arguments uh, about why that view on secularism is just plain wrong. And we talked about how um, schools are a multicultural place, uh, particularly in Canberra. There are a wide number of people who come from different cultures, but also um, whether they do or not, there are people who are from a faith background or not a faith background, and chaplaincy exists for all of them. And not only that, chaplains have done that in Canberra for 26 years. It's a program the schools that have chosen to have chaplains love they really value what the chaplains do. They really want to keep their chaplains, but the uh, the education minister in the ACT is determined to get rid of them. Oh, it's such a heartbreaking uh, situation, you know. I should just mention we've got the article from the Save Our School Chaplains Facebook page. It's at our Vision Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. And uh, people can interact with us there if they want to make a comment. Uh, you can uh, let us know your thoughts about chaplaincy at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. I've got a few good comments there already, uh, Peter, uh, including one from Leanne. She says, 
They're taking away support from everyone, and then they wonder why there are problems. <laughs> um, yeah. the, re- the reality is I've, I've seen so many chaplains in so many schools in my travels over the years. Uh, they're doing a good job, aren't they? They're doing a fantastic job. Uh, and, look, we, we've been inundated by uh, comments from people who are just bewildered about the decision. Uh, and, and so more comments is better. So it's good, you know. So if people can make comments, that would be great. It would be lovely if people could use the hashtag SaveOurChaplains. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that will mean we can sort of track things and, uh, and uh, reshare things that people share. Uh, so over the weekend, for example, we shared hundreds of comments um, with every politician in Canberra, both the ACT government uh, politicians, but also the federal uh, members for the ACT electorate and senators. Um, the, the, the electorate is bewildered. Um, they don't understand why something that is chosen voluntarily by schools, that is going at no cost to the ACT government, that is doing such an outstanding job in a world where kids need all the help they can get, why would a government remove that based on an extreme ideology? And uh, let, let's just uh, put everything on the table today, Peter. So, you know, it's pretty clear that a lot of people... Uh, on the left side of politics, say things like, oh, they're there to proselytise, they're there to shove religion down people's throats. Um, but w- w- what's your response to that? So, well, firstly, we're, we're not trying to make this political. We have a particular government that has made a particular decision that we think is plain wrong. Uh, but, but, yes, the, the, the problem is that... Um, they they didn't make any community inquiry about the program before they made the decision. They didn't consult with parents or schools that had chaplains. They made the decision based on an ideology. And it's a program, um, and it wasn't even based on a criticism that they're acting inappropriately. In the, the letters that we got from the minister announcing the decision, in fact, said that they think they're doing a great job. They just don't want them to be religious. Um, so it, it is purely on this basis of an extreme view of secularism that says that God belongs at home, not in, not not once you leave home. It's not in the schoolyard, and that doesn't mean that chaplains are out there um, trying to convert or promote, but it does mean that it is an explicitly religious role. It's the only role in schools where a child of faith or no faith can explore safely with someone who is trusted and trained in that area about those bigger questions of life. And, and it's valued. It's a valued role in schools. And, you know, the, the website's fantastic. If people want to have a look at it, it's saveourchaplains.org. And I'm looking at a link here to the chaplaincy facts. Uh, you know, when asked to identify the positive aspects of having a school chaplain, students themselves identified that the, pr- the program provided an accessible figure for them to talk to and confide in, 24%. Someone who provided help and support with problems, 22%. Someone who guided students to help them figure things out, 13%. You know, th- these kids are struggling with issues, and a lot of them won't go to their parents or their teachers, but they'll go to the chappy, won't they? They will. And, and that's an important part of the role. So those figures you just read out are not our figures. They come from an independent piece of research mm. commissioned by the federal government. And so we didn't sway or influence that. That was a national set of, uh, study. And the, the, the and funny thing about that study, the only negative that anyone raised in that study was the school principal saying, we want more time. We, we, we want more of them, yeah. which is hardly a negative at all. Yeah. Um, it is a fantastic program. It 
it's been in schools in Canberra at least for 26 years and longer elsewhere, um, it's it's frankly bewildering. Why would an ACT government reject something that is wanted, that is working, and it costs them literally nothing? So what can we do about it? So we're, we're promoting through that campaign web, uh, web page, the um, saveourchaplains.org. Um, if you uh, can make comments there, if you can look at the videos and contents and stories, share them on social media, use the hashtag SaveOurChaplains. Um, we're trying to make a noise here because we think the uh, ACT government thinks that they, they can do this and no one will make a whimper, but I think they're learning now that's not the case. Mm. Well, it's a wonderful website, saveourchaplains.org, and once again you'll see the link at our Vision Facebook page today. We've got Cheryl from WA. How are you? Yeah, good morning, Matt. How are you? Very good. How can we help? Um, I just wanted to give the viewpoint of a chaplain. We're not really meant to do media stuff, but um, it's not a political thing. Um, I thought it might be useful for people who don't know a chaplain to know um, what we typically do. Yeah, go for it. Um, so at the moment, I'm just about to pick up bread for emergency um, lunches at my school. I've been doing breakfast club. That's already today. Um, for the rest of the day, I will probably help out in some classes. I'll be preparing uh, the school graduation photo book. Um, I'll be meeting with parents. I will probably do something at lunchtime with some kids who need a safe place to hang out. Yesterday at a different school, I saw numerous kids one-on-one uh, -on -one or um, kids who need to have some help with some conflict resolution. Um, I helped with the Bunnings incursion, just supporting kids there needed an extra hand. Hung out with teachers in the staff room, checking in on how they're doing and how some of their students are doing, and the list goes on. So that's a typical day for me. Um, other chaplains do all sorts of other stuff. And I find that when I meet people um, in the community who've never met a chaplain their common response is, oh, I thought we didn't have religion in schools anymore because they think that that's what we do. They think that we're just there to talk about God's stuff, um, preach to people, convert people, and so on. So I often am out and about with my badge on quite proudly because I like people to know what it is that we actually do. Mm. Wonderful. Um, Peter James is on the line with us. What are your thoughts on that, mate? Peter, are you there? Okay. I might just put... Yeah, I'm back. Sorry, you... our phone dropped out. <laughs> you there, Peter? What are your thoughts on that, mate? What a great uh, explanation of a chappy, hey? Yeah, uh, and that's fantastic. And uh, good on you, Cheryl, uh, for all, all that you do. And and that's one of the things about chaplaincy. It um, Every school, it will look different. So um, the model is that we take a, a person of faith who is good at working with kids, we train them in youth work or community work, and we put them in a school to serve the needs of the school. And a lot of those needs, as we've just heard from Cheryl, are very, very practical needs. But, I mean, the very first cha chaplain back in the Middle Ages was a guy called Martin or St. Martin of Tours. And he, his, the, the thing he's remembered for is uh, seeing a destitute man by the side of the road and getting off his horse, cutting his cape in half and wrapping the half of the cape around the man who was freezing to death. 
Um, and, and the old French term for, for, for cape, the old French word was chaplain, from which we get the word chaplain. And also later on, chapel is a place where the priest's vestments were kept. But the first act of chaplaincy was that very practical one of serving somebody who was in need. And we've just heard the very many ways in one particular school where that's true. Um, the, the chaplains are there. I mean, the, the role um, is funded for social, emotional and spiritual support. And, and so all of the serving and loving on a school community is done from that uh, faith perspective of wanting to bring God's love and hope and good news to people. Uh, and so it does look different in different schools. We have chaplains that run um, uh, uh, lunchtime programs to teach um, kids about how to be kind. You know, you know little, little boys and girls who, um, who feel that they don't um, have an important role in the world, but they make up little care packs up to, for you know, another organisation to give to children who are orphaned or uh, in state care or disadvantaged and that sense of um, change of their own identity of little kids who can realize they can do something kind for another person and learn those values of serving others and kindness and humility and justice and, and, and care for those who are less fortunate. It's just such a powerful thing to see in schools. So it's not only about um, helping children receive the support that they need and teachers receive the support that they need. It's about changing the culture of um, people's world to one of um, seeing others less fortunate, serving others, changing their identity to somebody who can make an impact in the lives of others. Wonderful. Cheryl, thanks so much for your call today. My pleasure. God bless you. You're doing a great job out there. Well done. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Best job in the world. <laughs> Good on you. We, we, just need, we just need more. We just need more. We need more so chappies. Many, so many schools are calling out for chaplains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just we just can't fill all the all the spaces. So, yeah, have a, if anyone's out there thinking about it, might be for them. Have a conversation. Wonderful, love it. Thank yeah. you so much, Cheryl. God bless. All right. Back to work now. Bye. <laughs> Good on you, bye. If you'd like to call through and join the conversation, phone lines are open now, 1-800-316-316. We've got Anne from Labrador. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. What would you like to chat about? Um, I have, in my church, I have chaplains that go into the schools, so I know about the chaplaincy, and it's such a sad thing that ACT and Canberra are trying to stop them. Um, even through that... We've been able to, in our youth group, get the uh, some of them to come to the youth group in our church, and then and finally give their lives over to the Lord. And and through that, they've been able to do that, not because they they wanted to um, talk about the Lord in that respect, but just because they had that relationships with the children in the school, and and that and that was able to be done as well through through our church. So it was really, really, really good that. We've got chaplains, and I'm hoping that maybe all the schools will get together and 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 really stand up for them. Wonderful, Anne. Uh, any thoughts on that, Peter? Yeah, I mean, and this is the funny thing, Anne, about um, uh, uh, you know, in the Canberra government, not not the federal government, the ACT government. Um, saying that secularism requires that the government school environment be a, a place where there is no um, no place for religious uh, roles. Um, 
you know, we, we supposedly live in a free-thinking society where we encourage our young people to explore ideas and to express their thoughts and to develop as, um, as young thinkers in a, in, a, in a world that is quite complicated. And the question I often ask is, why is it in that environment that the only thing that they're not allowed to explore or think about uh, or express is an issue of faith? And that to me seems, um, and, well, firstly, it's an entirely wrong conception of what secularism means. Uh, but secondly, it's such a sad thing that, you know, we want young people to explore and dream and, and learn and, and, and decide for themselves about what kind of human they want to grow up into or be. But we, we you know, we see in the ACT government um, a determination to take faith and belief off the table for them. And Peter, I understand that uh, there's actually a push to get more chaplains around the nation uh, because there's a lot of gaps that need to be filled. Yeah, so the program has always been a voluntary one. So a school decides, do we want a chaplain? And then they seek to raise the money for that. So um, there's some federal government money that's available, but but only really federally there's only money for 3,000 schools and there's about 9,000 or so schools uh, across the nation, so so not all schools have the opportunity to get the federal seed money. It's important, but it's not the complete answer. And and many schools then uh, raise the money, or churches and community raise money to top up that funding, so the chaplain can work more days in the school. Or if there's no grant available from the federal government, some schools raise all of the money themselves, and the community and churches contribute. So. Um, what we find is there are far more schools that want a chaplain that then are able to to get federal funding for a chaplain, and so there are always vacancies. So we heard from uh, Chappie Cheryl in WA earlier, um, you know, pleading, please, if, you, if you're interested in becoming a chaplain, if you if you know someone who's interested in becoming a chaplain, um, please uh, please take a step about it, pray about it, take a step. There's a website called startchaplaincy.com. Startchaplaincy.com. Uh, if you just Google Start Chaplaincy, you'll find it. Um, and it's a, a, a federal website, a national uh, website, where people can click and find out about whether chaplaincy is for them. They can uh, contact uh, somebody or refer somebody and start that journey towards serving God in a new way uh, as a school chaplain. Wonderful. It'd be great if any of our listeners wanted to check out that website and apply. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. I've got lots of friends that are chappies. And I know that they've got a, a good heart uh, to care for the students that they're working with. And, and there, there is a bit of confusion uh, about what a chaplaincy is. It was great to hear uh, Cheryl from WA sharing about her role as a chappie and all the practical things she does to help out around the school. Uh, but there's a, a bit of confusion because they're not really part of the authority structure of a school, are they? No, so um, and that's one of the strengths of the model. So um, because they're employed by um, a chaplaincy provider, not by the school, they work closely with the school. They have a school line manager for accountability purposes. But because they're uh, seen in this caring role separate from the authority structure of the school, um, kids feel comfortable talking to them. So it's a pathway that's safe for them. Um, many kids have said that um, that they wouldn't have gone to their psychologist or guidance office or other pastoral care resource in the school um, because they didn't feel comfortable with that um, initially. They've gone to the chaplain. And the other important thing is that although they are um, not 
seen as an authority figure, they do work closely with the other pastoral care elements in the school. So it's quite a common story for a, a child who may well need um, you know, counselling or psychological help for an anxiety or a depression, say. Many of those students across the nation find their way to the psychologist because they first talk to the chaplain. The chaplains are required to have training in how to recognise mental health issues and how to refer appropriately where, the, where those cases. So, you know, somewhere around 14, 15% of students in our schools have got mental health issues and, and about half of them in schools that have a chaplain, about half of them are finding their way to the psychologist because the chaplain takes them there, helps build their, their confidence and, uh, and, and helps walks them over to the counsellor or to the psychologist, um, sits with them, journeys with them. So the roles are complementary. The chaplain is seen as a person who is trusted, but they're also skilled and they can help um, enhance the other aspects of pastoral care that already exists in a school. Well, we are talking with Peter James, the CEO of SU Queensland and the CEO of School Chaplaincy ACT. And we'd love to hear from you today. The phone lines are open now, 1-800-316-316. The ACT government has decided to cut the school chaplaincy program from the end of this year. And they've done it on the quiet, as they know people will be upset. We'd love to know your thoughts on this. Maybe you've got a story of an encounter with a chaplain. Maybe you've got kids in school with a chappie, and you want to let us know your thoughts, your point of view. Now's the time to call, 1-800-316-316. And Peter, for those who've just tuned in, uh, we were just chatting before about the reasoning why the ACT government has cut the school chaplaincy program. You just want to unpack that for us? Yeah, I mean, the bewildering thing is that the education minister and the ACT government um, has said in writing, she acknowledges these people are doing a great job. She acknowledges that they um, are wanted in those schools that have chosen to have them. Um, but nevertheless, and she has acknowledged it cost the ACT government literally nothing, um, but she, she's taken this principle of secularism and said that that means we can't have any role in a school that is uh, focused on, on spirituality. So the three general parts of the chaplain role are social, emotional and spiritual support. They want to get rid of the spiritual support and they want to make sure that the people in those roles are performing what she calls a secular role, meaning no spiritual focus at all. Whereas we say that's not what secularism was ever meant to be and it certainly isn't what the, the ACT Education Act requires. Uh, we think the role of allowing a young person to explore a sense of spirituality for themselves is critically important to identity, it's critically important culturally, and we just think it's plain wrong and bewildering. Well, we'd love to hear from you today and get your thoughts on chaplaincy in schools. Maybe you're concerned about the direction uh, the school system is going in, in our nation and you'd like to uh, you know, share what's happening in your school, in your area. Maybe you'd like a chaplain in your school and you, you want to you know, make a pitch. <laughs> Give us a call, 1-800-316-316. And uh, lots of comments coming in at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Uh, we've got a, a great comment there from Wendy. She said, as a primary school chaplain... I see a huge need for chaplains to hang out with the many kids who have difficulty making friends and feeling rejected. No one else can do this. Uh, chaplains are friends to the, the kids that are struggling in school. Um, you know, when you, when you look at the alarming rate of mental health issues and bullying and all sorts of problems in our school, uh, in our schools around, around the nation, Peter, you know, this is more important than ever that we have more chaplains, isn't it? 
It, it really is. Uh, and when the number one issue that chaplains are dealing with is peer and friendship issues. Mm. Um, the number two is behavioural issues because children are frustrated or angry or they're going through something dark in their lives. Number three issue is bullying. Number four is break, family breakdown. You know, this is the reality of what kids are bringing to school. They're bringing a whole bunch of stuff from home and they need someone that, can, that they can trust somebody that who believes in them you know we saw um, recently um, the um, the Barna global research um, was published about um, how many young people feel love and accepted uh, globally and the figure in Australia at least was only 30% of students in Australia feel that they are loved and accepted and that there is someone who believes in them that means two-thirds of our young people don't feel loved and accepted or don't feel someone believes in them. The chaplains are people who, who seek out that child who is friendless or is lost or is alienated or whose family is in trouble um, or whose family is in drought and they, they're struggling. You know, there's a whole range of reasons why kids come to school with that stuff. They can't learn with that baggage on their shoulders and the chaplain is there for them. The chaplain is the person they trust who has time and skills to help them unpack that. Um, and, uh, and, and yet the, the ACT government wants to take that away and it's not even costing them a cent. We just cannot understand it. Well, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to chat with our guest today, it is Peter James, the CEO of SU Queensland and CEO of Chaplaincy ACT. Hello, this is Vision. Who's this? Hello. Jonathan. Yes, who's this? It's Jonathan. Jonathan, how are you, mate? What would you like to say? Yes, you know, new everything starts from the beginning. I heard when the when they were promoting the same agenda quality in Australia, uh, men marry men, woman marry woman, they were promoting that. One guy spoke for Canada. He said, when you allow one thing to happen in the nation, many things will follow it. We are negative. So we love, uh, allow this now. They are growing we now. They say they don't want to play in the schools. So it was the beginning of what we believe. Say we destroy the first step, the growing will bring many things will come. But this way you see many happen in Australia because we accepted the first one. So I don't see why they want to put chaplaincy out of the schools. Absolutely, yeah, Jonathan. Jonathan. What are your That's thoughts, really Peter? Comment. I mean, one of the things that uh, that I've reflected on about this decision to remove the chaplains in ACT is that the minister is saying we love the fruit of what the chaplains do. We love the fact that they're working with the the, the child who's alienated or lonely or uh, bullied. We love that they're working with these people and producing this fruit. We just want to get rid of the vine from which that fruit grows. That's the logic of what this decision is about. And the, the, the problem is, the ter terrible tragic thing is that if this decision is allowed to stand and they kill the vine, the fruit won't be there anymore. And mm. that will be something that, will, that generations of young people in the ACT will pay the price of. And I guess there's a concern, Peter, that if the ACT doesn't uh, change their mind... Uh, that might empower the other the other states and territories around the nation. What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, I, I certainly hope that's not the case. Uh, we, we think that the decision in ACT is, is wrong. It, it doesn't comply even with their own Education Act, is our view. And so I, I think, you know, I, I don't see other governments around the nation being so extreme. And in fact, contrary, you know, quite the opposite. We see around the nation, um, state and territory governments, other than in the current ACT government, really value what the chaplains do they really they really see the network of community that the chaplains bring we they see the fact that this is a resource that is not only at no cost to them but is 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 doing an incredible job for their young people mm. so we you know we think there's very strong partnerships across the nation and ACT is really just swimming against a, a, a very much accepted tide. Mm, absolutely. Well, if you want to join the conversation, we've got another 10 minutes before Focus on the Family. Now's the time to call 1-800-316-316. We'd love to know your thoughts about chaplaincy. Maybe you've got uh, an interaction with a chaplain you want to share about. Maybe there's some chappies out there. Call through now, 1-800-316-316. And Peter, I just want to uh, uh, share a bit of my personal connection to SU. I remember you know, many years ago going to the front line dinner at SU Queensland, which was uh, and it, which is an annual event where you guys always have a great guest speaker and, uh, you know, you get mus- musicians like James Morrison and, you know, amazing singers and you put on a good dinner and then you share all the amazing stories. And uh, I remember uh, I had this dream in my heart to start this radio show called History Makers where I'd interview people. And uh, this was uh, many years ago and I, I went to the SU dinner and I got to interview Kevin Rudd, who was the then Shadow Foreign Minister. John Anderson, who was the then Deputy Prime Minister, Marina Pryor, uh, uh, opera singer, and also uh, Tim Costello, who was then the CEO of World Vision. And they were all, all four of them were speakers at this SU event, speaking up about the importance of chaplaincy in schools. And I remember uh, all those years back thinking, you know, this is such an important organisation that we need to support, we need to get behind. Um, really, you have had bipartisan support um, all across the nation, uh, you just want to speak to that for us, mate? Yeah, so um, chaplaincy existed before federal funding uh, came in. So the federal funding um, came in to support what was already a program that was entirely funded by a church and community and individuals who wanted to make a difference and invest in the lives of young people. So, But in 2007, the federal funding commenced as a seed capital program to help more schools access this program. Uh, and it is a program then that was inherited by later Labor governments and supported by them as well. And then Coalition wins government and they support it and continue it. So um, every federal government of any uh, persuasion has supported this program um, uh, since 2007. Um, the the current Labor government is supportive of the program just as much as the current coalition government uh, renewed the, the funding last year and in fact made it permanent uh, funding. So um, we've seen um, uh, favour but also recognition because remember our politicians are people who believe in their local communities. Mm. They are investing in their local communities. They might have different policies from time to time but every one of them gets invited to go along to a school. Every one of them gets to cut a ribbon or to make a speech and they meet people in communities who have seen the value of what a chaplain does and who talk to them about it. Mm. I'd encourage the listeners right across the nation, if you go 
get to meet a politician, talk to them about chaplaincy. Yeah. Talk to them about what you've seen a chaplain do. Talk to them about the difference it's made in schools. So we had our, our frontline dinner in Brisbane uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we had one of the speakers there who, interestingly, was on the run sheet that I was given for the evening. Uh, she was listed as the student speaker. And typically a student speaker could be a year six girl who wants to talk about what their chaplain's done or it might be a year 12 boy whose family broke down or, or, or whatever. It could be anything. But the student speaker this night was a woman in her late 30s who was a mother of five who had come from an awful, terrible, broken, drug-addicted, abusive family background and the chaplain had rescued her. Wow. She was literally only alive today and, and married in a loving relationship with five children and a face that beamed. She was literally only in that position because her chaplaincy, her chaplain in her school did something amazing to help her through those dark times, help her find a new place and a new space, help her get safe from the uh, terrible family um, circumstances that she was living in. Mm. So she was, she was 19 years out of school, um, sorry, 20 years out of school, and saying, I'm only here today because of what somebody invested in me 20 years ago. Wow. That's the longevity of what we're seeing. Yeah. That's, it's, it the, you, know, you plant the seed now in the, in the life of a young person, and it's 20 years later that the fruit, that the tree has sprouted, that the branches have got leaves, and that the next generation is shading in the, tree, in the shade of the tree. So the, the, the implications for the ACT community of getting rid of these amazing amazing people will be felt for literally generations. Mm, absolutely. Well, if you do want to respond, of course, you can go to the website saveourchaplains.org and once again, we've got the link at our Vision Radio Facebook page or you can call through now, 1-800-316-316. We've got Peter from Picton in New South Wales. How are you, Peter? Oh, good, mate. How are you? Peter, meet Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Peter. Good name, good name mate. Um, mate, yeah, a big shout out to our chaplain in our high school, Margaret. She is a warrior for Jesus. She's, um, school's got a lot of issues, and she's in there doing her best and doing a great job. So I just wanted to, I don't know if you're eventually she'll hear this, so I just want to encourage her. Um, the other thing, mate, I was going to ask you, how do, um, how do chaplains get trained? I mean, we always hear about ministers going to Bible college and things like that, but well, how can a chaplain do it who's busy but wants to sort of change the vocation to being a chaplain? Um, how are they going to get trained for that? What if they're, how do their local church have the resources to train up a chaplain? Um, there's a need for it. Yeah. But how can we raise the numbers? How can we get this in high gear? Peter, what are your thoughts? Yeah, great. Yeah, great question. Thanks, Peter. Um, the the formal requirements for the role is uh, a, a minimal national um, mandated standard of a certificate for in youth work. Um, there are other things about community work and other qualifications that can be articulated into that. In some states, um, they uh, ask that you um, try and upgrade that certificate for to a diploma in youth work. And so what we see are people coming in who have some life experience or background or qualifications. 
sometimes that experience can be partly articulated into a, to the requirements of the uh, competencies for youth work. Um, all of the chaplains need to be trained in how to deal with child protection issues, how to deal with rec recognising mental health issues and refer appropriately. So there are some qualifications or at least skills that um, that any person coming into chaplaincy will need to learn. Um, but um, there are organisations that provide that training. Uh, some of them, uh, you know, will have um, you know federal fee help for the students who are enrolling in those programs. So the main thing is if, if people are feeling called or want to explore that, uh, reach out um, to your local chaplaincy provider um, or you can find um, some resources through that startchaplaincy.com uh, website. Um, the main thing is um, start the journey and explore it. Um, the, we want people who, of all experiences and walks of life um, who love God and who love kids and want to make a difference. And, and the rest is, is, you know, we can we can fill in later. Wonderful. We've got time for one more caller. We've got Tina from Brisbane. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good. We've got to be quick because uh, focus on the families coming up, but you can go for it. What, what would you like to chat about? Sure. Um, my church recently ran a um, chaplaincy in sport and I went along to support a girlfriend, but it got me thinking about whether or not it was something that I wanted to do. I've come in only halfway in on your conversation and I think I'm being called. Um, you partly answered my question because I wanted to know what the skill set was that was needed and I've done, I think I've done, well, I think I've done, I have done a year of Bible study, Bible college with my church. I planned on going back to do the diploma, but it's not specific to youth. It's just ministry. So I've done a cert for in ministry and I was planning on a diploma in ministry. Is this something that I could utilise if I was to explore this? I'm, and I'm exploring, but to follow this path. Peter, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so it, all background is good background. All life experience is good uh, experience, and so um, that's fantastic that you've you've studied. Um, you've got some Bible training behind you. Um, chaplains do need to know about the practice of youth work and community work, and so that's the piece you might need to fill in. But it's a matter of reaching out and finding out um, precisely what that means for you individually, and uh, and the, your local provider, or um, you know, so you're from uh, from Brisbane. So, you know, it would be SU Queensland. You could get in contact with us and we'll, uh, we'll do what we can. Wonderful. Hey, we do have to go, but thanks for your call, Tina. And, uh, Peter, it's been a privilege having you with us on Vision today. Once again, if people want to interact with SU, you can find out more at the uh, Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. There you'll find the link to saveourchaplains.org. Uh, check out that website. They've got a great launch video. And uh, we really need listeners to get behind this. And uh, speak up so that the ACT government hears people. We need those quiet Australians to speak up about uh, chaplaincy in the ACT. Peter, thanks for your time, mate. God bless. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.